Ballarat Talks is produced by Futari Media and Audio Concierge and is brought to you with the support of Better Business Ballarat. Welcome to episode 12. Well, it's been 163 years since the Battle of the Eureka Stockade, which saw 27 miners lose their lives stemming from a rebellion against an excessive miners licence, taxes without representation and other disputes with the colonial government at the time. What legacy has the Eureka Rebellion had on Australian democracy today? To answer that and more is Peter Fitzsimons, Chair of the Australian Republican Movement and author of Eureka, the Unfinished Revolution. Peter Fitzsimons delivered this year's annual Peter Tobin Oration at the Museum of Australian Democracy at Eureka. I caught up with him on the phone to ask about the Eureka Stockade significance. Peter Fitzsimons, the Eureka Stockade, was it the birth of Australian democracy or was it merely a violent anti-tax protest? Well, it's been it's interesting you should say that. A, a famous New South Wales politician who will remain nameless, let's just call him Premier Bob Carr, once said to me, waved a dismissive hand and said, Eureka, no more than a local tax revolt. And with the greatest respect to Premier Carr, or now Bob Carr, um, it was so much more than that. It was the flowering of liberal democracy, not merely in Australia, but around the world. In the 1830s, 1840s, there was this basic idea that democracy should be in the hands of not merely the rich and powerful, but should be in the hands of the people. Um, and in so they, they had these, this movement, the Chartist movement, where they had six basic principles um, that you, know, you should have paid parliamentarians uh, because that would mean that even poor people could afford to run for parliament that you could have the franchise extended to people, not just the rich people, um, secret ballot, those kind of things. And it was crushed in Europe in the 1830s and the 1840s. And a lot of those activists, particularly in the 1848 revolution, found their way to Australia. They were there on the gold fields. And when the Brits tried to come and crush the, the miners who demanded their rights, again, they put out, these are our, these are our six demands, and very little difference. And even though, even though the particular Eureka stockade was crushed um, by the Redcoats and 27 diggers were killed and 13 were put on trial for their lives for treason, the fact is, in, 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 a, uh, in, a, in, a, in a scene beloved by Australians where we lost the battle but won the war, a la Gallipoli, that's exactly what happened with Eureka. But, but within four years of the Eureka stockade, all of the demands had been met. And suddenly Australia was, the Australian continent, particularly the Victorian colony, was the light on the hill for the Liberal Democrats around the world for this is how democracy should work. Well, the event was big news all over the world. Even Karl Marx had something to say about it. Even Karl Marx. I mean, uh, we've got to be careful of saying our hero, Karl Marx, he's not, <laughs> he's not, you know, his ideas, I mean, his ideas of the way the class system worked, I think, stand the test of time. Actually working out things out on a Marxist basis, no, it doesn't work and has demonstrated to not work, but he was the primary political thinker of his time or the most famous political thinker of his time. But it's fascinating that Karl Marx observed what had happened at the Eureka Stockade and he viewed it as a worker uprising. But the thing about the Eureka Stockade, and here's the other thing, there's something in it for everyone. Now, John Howard on the 200, uh, in 2004 was our Prime Minister when they had the 150th anniversary of Eureka Stockade. There was not a single senior Liberal there for the commemorations. And, you know, H Howard did not, John Howard did not view it 
as something that could be hailed by, by conservatives. And with the greatest respect to Mr Howard, he's wrong because there is something in there for the, for the Libs, for the Nationals. And, you know, basically, you want to talk about mining tax? I mean, that's, that, that, was the, that was the spark that raised the whole thing. We're not paying this iniquitous mining tax. We're independent operators. We're entrepreneurs. We're business people. And we're not going to be crushed by your tax. So they rose against it. There is inspiration for everyone in the story of the Eureka Stockade. Why were the Libs or the Conservatives not so supporting of the event? Because I don't think they understood it. And, you know, Eureka Stockade, I've just done an interview on another subject. But, you know, when, when Australians talk about our great national stories, we pretty much start and finish on, on Gallipoli. And we talk about, you know, I've just made done an interview on this on another subject. But my point was, when it comes to our military history, our military past, 95% of, we, of what we know starts at dawn on the 25th of April and fades by sundown on the 25th of April because we repeat that story over and over and over again till our noses bleed. And it's a good story, but there's so much more. And for me, and I've made this point again in the public domain, that the Eureka Stockade has much more in it for us as a people. I mean, as, as you noted, it, it, it was a huge triumph of the virtues of democracy, and it changed the world in many ways. It, it really was the light on the hill. And I say this as chair of the Australian Republic movement. It was, beyond everything else, it was a sense of difference, of identity. It was the growth of, a na- of, of the national identity, the sense that we're not transplanted Brits in the South Sea. We may have started out after the First Peoples, and the First Peoples early on, of course, their, their right to existence, their right to this, this land was not recognised. But, you know, in the early days, the people people in this continent, white people were, were transplanted Brits. And, and you know, we're loyal to Great Britain. And it's, it, well, by the time you got to the First World War, still then, Andrew Fisher, the, the man who'd be British Prime Minister, said, we'll fight for Great Britain to the last man and the last shilling. But the Eureka Stockade was the beginnings part of the beginnings of a sense of separateness, that we're not transplanted Brits, we are our own people. And when I did my book, Eureka Stockade, I called it the Eureka Stockade, the unfinished revolution, because even to this day, as staggering as it may seem, even pushing on 250 years since Captain Cook set foot in Australia, there are still Australians, and some of them, very many of them, very good Australians, but still who maintain Australia can do no better right now than to find our head of state from a family of English aristocrats living in a palace in London. I mean, for me, it is staggering. Imagine that we're not good enough, that we're not strong enough, that we're not independent enough to run our own show. Now, you recently gave the annual Peter Tobin oration at the Museum of Australian Democracy at Eureka on the site of the stockade. How important is the museum, Peter, for all Australians? It's it's extremely important, the Museum of Democracy in Ballarat. And I don't think it's sufficiently appreciated. You know, it's something that people don't... And it should be a huge tourist destination. It's got the most holy relic in the history of Australia. It's got the mighty Eureka flag, the original one. And, you know, people should be beating a path to their door. And at the moment, there's not enough people there getting there. I mean, I think they should call it the Eureka Museum for a start. And I think I would love to personally to see the Eureka flag put in the back of a, you know, put in, you know, in, in a rolling exhibition to move around Australia. So people know about the Eureka flag, know the glory of the story. And then, you know, afterwards, find their way back to the Museum of Democracy. 
What legacy has the Eureka Stockade left us in Australia in terms of democracy today? It should leave us with a sense of pride that when the world was struggling its way towards a system of democracy that was not simply for the elite but for everyone, let the record show this continent led the way and never, never more and never more inspiringly than at the Eureka Stockade. That's it for episode 12 of Ballarat Talks. We hope you've enjoyed this week's story. Check out our website at ballarattalks.com.au. You can find us on Twitter or Facebook with the handle at Ballarat Podcast. This episode was brought to you with the support of Better Business Ballarat, a networking and mentoring community for businesses in Ballarat. The group meets every third Friday at the Hop Temple. For more information, go to betterbusinessballarat.com.au. Ballarat Talks was produced by Futari Media and Audio Concierge. I'm Chris Ashmore. Thanks for listening. Thank you.